It's Saturday night, and it's time to celebrate here on the post-game show presented by Rico. I'm Chris McPherson, alongside former Eagles linebacker Ike Reese. The Eagles victorious for the third time in the preseason, and once again in dominating fashion, a 39-26 victory over the Green Bay Packers. But the big story, Ike, of course, the performance of Sam Bradford, a perfect 10 of 10, guiding the Eagles to a 25 to nothing lead at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, great job, Sam Bradford, tonight. We wanted to see him for an extended period of time. We got a chance to see him, I believe, for three drives. He scored a touchdown on every drive that he was out there, 10 for 10, got the ball out of his hands uh, decisively, gave his, run, his uh, receivers and running backs a chance to run after they caught the ball. I thought he displayed perfect touch. His best throw, in my opinion, was the touchdown to Trey Burton, where he had to stand there in the pocket, take a big hit, coming right down the pike, and uh, he was able to do that without flinching and give Trey Burton a pass that only he could catch. So on the ninth, Darren Sproles with a receiving touchdown. You mentioned Trey Burton. He had two scores. Brent Selleck had a touchdown. Jeff Mail contributed one. And you had a pick six from the defense. Walter Thurman chipping in, picking off the rookie, Brent Hundley, and taking the ball back to the house to pad the lead. So the Eagles in all three faces dominating the Packers to come out victorious again. 39 to 26. We're going to hear from head coach Chip Kelly and quarterback Sam Bradford in just a little bit. And we're going to take your phone calls here. 215-320-5170 is a phone number. And we're going to welcome in Greg Cosell from NFL Films a little bit later in the show as he's going to break down the All-22 to showcase exactly why the Eagles came out victorious. Now, Ike, we're now three quarters away through the preseason. It's getting to the nitty-gritty time. The Eagles have to get to the 53-man roster. A week from now, what do you what do you take from this Eagles team at this point? What do you what have you learned about the Philadelphia Eagles going into the 2015 season? Well, first and foremost, Chris, I think they've been the most uh, precise team this uh, preseason so far. Their offense is operating with precision. They've scored more points than anyone else so far through three games in the preseason. I like what I've seen. In my opinion, mission accomplished for the preseason. They have not lost any significant players due to injury uh, through these first preseason games. You wanted to see Sam Bradford get his first action in over a year. They were able to do that in just two games. He looked very confident out there throwing the ball. He wrote and he uh, operated the offense with efficiency. Uh, I'm telling you, man, through three weeks, the Eagles, and I know it's only preseason, but I've seen enough preseason games through these three weeks around the National Football League, and there's not a team of the 32 that look more like in sync than the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know it's all three of their phases and their first team has only been out there for a short period of time, but they look like they're already in mid-season form as a whole team, in my opinion. It's interesting because there are a lot of questions about how much should you play some of these key players because of the fact you want to make sure that they're ready for the start of the season, but at the same time, you don't want to get guys injured. You look at Green Bay and they already lost Jordy Nelson for the season. They didn't, have three of, they didn't have three of their starting linemen in for the game tonight. They also lost Randall Cobb early on in the game. We don't know how long that is for. But nonetheless, you have to balance that where you don't want to be too conservative and not have your guys ready for the start of the regular season. But you obviously do want to protect them. Now, a veteran team like Green Bay, they know what they have in Aaron Rodgers, but the Eagles are still learning about the likes of Sam Bradford and DeMarco Murray in this offense. That's why it was imperative for them to get those guys out on the field. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay Green Bay's in a totally different situation 
than the Eagles are in. They brought in, the Eagles brought in a lot of players this offseason, so there needs to be cohesiveness that needs to be formed. When you look at Green Bay, I think they returned all 22 of their starters. They lost Jordy Nelson, but they still have the majority of their starters on offense and defense. They want to get to the regular season game. Tonight's game isn't a true indicator of just how good the Eagles were offensively. Yeah, Green Bay had their first team defense out there. Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson does not play defense, so they would not have been able to uh, stop Sam Bradford in this offense tonight. But when I look at the Eagles defense and the way they perform tonight, we can only Take it so far. Obviously, you got a third string quarterback out there who's a rookie. They're missing significant weapons at the other positions. Eddie Lacy's out of the game early. Randall Cobb at the one catch is out of the game. So you got to take what the Eagles were able to do defensively with a grain of salt. But tonight was really about the offense, the first extensive action for the starting quarterback in Sam Bradford. And I thought he passed tonight's test with flying colors. You were able to see a lot from short passes, touch passes over the top. They had the running game going as well. I mean, I'm, I'm anxious to get the season started. I know it's only been a small sample of watching this offense being ran with Sam Bradford on the center. I, I believe less than 30, 35 plays maybe. Like 13 last Around week, there. 15 tonight. So maybe less than 30 plays in two games for Sam Bradford. But from what I've seen in those two games, uh, my mouth is watering. <laughs> waiting for this offense to take the field Monday night in Atlanta. It was very reminiscent, speaking of Monday night games, go back to the 2013 season when we were waiting to see the offense come alive for the first time in game action. That's what it reminded me here tonight when you saw them in that debut against the Washington Redskins and you saw the tempo for the first time come to life and you were like, are we seeing a new brand of football? Is this something that we've never seen before? It at least felt that way to Eagles fans because you didn't know what it was going to be until it was fully unleashed on the football field. And then you saw it in that week one game. It seems like that's the feeling I kind of had tonight coming into this game where, look, we got a small taste, a small glimpse of Sam Bradford in the win over Baltimore last week. This is where we kind of, I think, saw more of what we can expect down the line now that he's getting fully ingratiated into this offense. And make no mistake about it, when the Eagles hit you early in games, you had better be ready to recover and get back there and ready to play defense. When this offense is coming at you, it puts you on your heels as a defense. It started with the opening kickoff with uh, Raheem Mostert, a uh, 67-yard kickoff return, setting the office, offense up in great position with a short field. And the next thing you know, the Eagles are rolling. It didn't look like the Green Bay Packers were able to catch their breath until the Eagles were up 25 and nothing. That's when the game seemed to slow down for the Green Bay Packers. And that, that'll be a real threat for every team that the Eagles face this year is can you keep up with the tempo and the pace that this offense is going to come at you when they're picking up first downs, when they're completing passes, when they're able to roll and they're not being stopped by ineffectiveness of their own on the offensive side of the ball, i.e. Uh, negative plays in the run game or incomplete passes. Those are benefits for the defense. But when the offense is rolling like they were tonight, almost unstoppable. How much do you have to factor in that the offense was running at the tempo that it had, and teams don't, especially in the preseason, prepare for it. It's hard enough for a defense to get used to it for if you're seeing it one time throughout the course of the season, but in a preseason game like this one, Green Bay, I'm sure, wasn't really game playing that much for the tempo. How much do you have to take that into consideration? Oh, you, you, I mean, you certainly have to, but the bottom line is this is the way the Eagles want to play. And, of course, the game may have looked a little in, in the Eagles' favor. All right, what we're going to do now is send it to Lambeau Field. Here from head coach Chip Kelly. Oh, wow, shots, shots fired. <laughs> when you look at the tape, do you think you might have trouble finding something to, to get on the Bradford about? 
Uh, no, I thought Sam played well. You know, I thought he was uh, really poised out there, had a real good command of what we were doing, really located the football. Uh, thought he played really well for us. What was your um, plan for him? How many snaps going in? We just talked about, you know, a couple series. So just see how it would ex- see how it was going to express itself. So I thought after we had three drives, you know, three touchdown drives, we felt we felt comfortable with that we got some good work in for him. So. No, Kiko tried to run around. His legs bothered him a little bit, so he's tried to run around a little bit pregame and uh, just didn't feel 100%, so we held him out. No, I don't think it's his. No, it's not his knee. It's not his ACL. It's just he's got a little nagging knee, leg injury. I don't know particularly what it is, a tendonitis or something like that, so he should be fine. Sorry, for, for anyone out there that, that had any doubts about Sam Bradford coming in here and missing all that time, his ACLs, does that put the rest of right. I, I didn't have any doubts on Sam, so and I'm not concerned with what people outside think. So, how much of a concern is with, with those three inside backers? Kiko hasn't. We'll go into Atlanta having not played, assuming he doesn't play against the Jets. And the other two have limited reps. Yeah, it's not a concern for us. I think we got real good depth in inside linebacker. First team offense scored on first three drives. Are, getting, are they getting to where you want them to be? I mean, they all. You got to look at the film, but I think you know we're 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 um, we did some nice things tonight. We need to continue to build on it. You know. Um, we still haven't didn't have Zach. You know, I think he's a, he's another component that we can add to it. Um, Josh sat out tonight. He's another guy that we can add to it. So, um, but I was pleased with how they played in the in the three series that those guys were in there. Is Cody's part the injury? Yeah, he's got a, a leg. He just kind of tweaked it on Tuesday. We were just being precautionary with him. He, if we were playing a game, he would have kicked tonight. So he's he's it's nothing that we're overly concerned with. Gave Kip some reps. So, um, but if it was if he had a kick, he could have kicked tonight. Yeah, he did. I thought he was sharp, you know, and I think uh, starting around in the form, you know, uh, he's he he's uh, he's always seems like he's going north and south. You know, I think there's, um, but we, and he also I think people forget. I think he had 55 catches last year, but he's a he's a real good receiver out of the backfield. So he had, you know, I think in that first couple of drives, he had six carries and two catches. So he touched the ball eight times in those in those first three drives. But uh, you know, you're starting to see that explosion that that um, you know, we've all seen, you know, from the other side. Now it's good to have him on our side. You're really finding ways for Sproles to get up against linebackers. Yeah, we're not really game planning, and I don't think they were game planning too. So you, you know, you can't say, hey, they were. You know, I think they just kind of look out and they got a personnel out there, and they're kind of, you know, just looking at it. So it's. Um, but I think Darren and we've talked about trying to get the ball in his hands more, and, and obviously, you know, you hit him on a shallow crossing route. That's a three or four yard pass, and he turns it into a big gain. So, um, you know, he's he's just a. A, a great weapon to have on your side. Your, your thoughts on uh, the two-point conversions? Yeah, we just <laughs> want to try them, see, you know, get a couple things on tape. We can take a look at them. So I, I don't know where the breakdown was on the on the first one, but we'll we'll take a look at film and see what happened. Lynn Johnson's knee, is that a concern? No, he, he could have gone back in. What else do you want to see at, at a Sam? Or are you going to go back and look at this performance and say, no, I, I think like anybody, I mean, there's just we always can continue to improve. So I think as we get, uh, you know, every day, I think, and that's the great thing about Sam is that he's not going to rest on anything. He's got a, um, you know, he's come back from and missed a lot of football coming into this. But I think he's he's playing well right now. But he can always get better and um, be sharper. And you know, he, that's that's the thing I love about him. He'll be back out in the field on Monday, um, firing it around, trying to trying to trying to get better. You know, trying to get a better rapport with the receivers, get a better understanding of where they are. Um, so there's there's still a lot of us, a lot of things for us to work on. Trying Nolan Carroll That was our move. That's what we did this week. That was just his turn. And you know we still got two weeks before we play uh, 
Atlanta and we finalize that. But we've, we've used a lot of different combinations and um, you know, try to make an educated decision on what's the best uh, best combination of five out there when we go to nickel. So. And when you haven't used the games, is either Walter or, or Malcolm, is that because you probably feel most, most comfortable with those two guys possibly moving down? No, we just, it's just how it's expressed itself. We still have two more, two more weeks of training, and we'll still go ones-on-ones you know, this week where we get a chance to you know, see guys matched up with Jordan and, and uh, some of those guys that we put in the slot. So. You feel like that's starting to sort out? Yeah, we still got two weeks, so we're, 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 I think we're all comfortable in our progression in terms of where we are. So. Chip, how good is Sam with the tempo? I mean, it, obviously it's quick. Yeah. I mean, and this is his first year playing with you. Well, he, he, yeah, he did it in college, so I, I you know, I think he, Sam's just sharp. Sam's a really good football player, so I think he's he's been real comfortable in it. I think he enjoys it, so. Considering that Packers' first defense, though, takes us errand. Yeah, I don't put a whole, you know, stock. I, I don't think there's a lot of game planning that goes on in games like this. I know we didn't do a ton. I know Mike probably didn't do a ton. You're still trying to, to get better. So, you know, you didn't. they didn't have specific matchups and kind of how they did things. They're just kind of running their stuff, more running our stuff. So. For a first game for uh, Tomiko and Hendricks, were you able to get a sense of how they did? Yeah, I mean, I think they were okay. I didn't. I really when you're looking at inside linebackers, unless they make a splash play like a sack or an interception or things like that, you really got to look at the tape. So you looked at talking more specifically about Tim as a quarterback, but um, on those two point conversion plays, does that give him any uh, added um, tangible when it comes to making the three? The fact that he can possibly make those types of plays. No, we were just trying to see what going for two was like. So I, I no, I mean we didn't we didn't look at it that way. So defense gave up. Yeah, that's the you know something we got a. Uh, it's a little bit to do with the rush and a little bit to do with the coverage in terms of being able to close it down, turn it back to your help. But those are things. Usually, we we've, we've been a very good defense in, against screens. I think our defensive line does a great job um, of sniffing those out. So, uh, and then sometimes it may be the play call. It may have been a, a real jet rush upfield and they're getting upfield. Um, but you know sometimes you got to give. I think Green Bay called them at kind of the appropriate time. I think it was one of those games we had a couple screens on them. It kind of was one of those deals where they were everybody seemed like they were getting upfield towards the quarterback. So I think the screens helped. So thanks guys. All right, there's head coach Chip Kelly addressing the media following the Eagles 39 to 26 win over the Green Bay Packers. We are going to hear from quarterback Sam Bradford in just a little bit. Now, one of the positions I want to touch on here, like real quick, inside linebacker. We saw Michael Kendricks. We saw D'Amico Ryans make their preseason debuts. Great to see D'Amico out there after he missed the second half of last year with the Achilles injury. However, Kiko Alonso did not suit up. There's a chance that he could play in that final preseason game, which you usually don't see the starters in for that contest. So what do you make of the fact that we have not yet seen Alonso to this point in the preseason? Well, I mean, obviously they're going to take their time with trying to bring him back. Uh, his whole concussion that he received a few weeks ago, uh, we're not sure exactly where he stands with the uh, protocol before he's, he's ready to get back on the field, but obviously the Eagles don't feel like he's ready to go just yet. Would be completely surprised if he played in that fourth preseason game. There's nothing to gain for him playing in the fourth preseason game. Uh, he's not going to be out there with starters lined up in front of him as a front, uh, as a front defensive line in front of him. His other linebacker mates wouldn't be out there. Secondary wouldn't be out there. What's the purpose of Kiko Alonso being out there in the fourth preseason game? So they're going to bank on the fact that he's going to be ready to go on a Monday night in Atlanta. But you know what? Even if he's not ready to play 
100% of the snaps on Monday night in Atlanta. That's the luxury the Eagles have because they had three capable starters at the inside position. Michael Kendricks and D'Amico Ryan's getting their first action tonight. Uh, neither made a big splash, getting their feet wet in their first game. Michael Kendricks overran one play, missed another tackle. To me, totally understandable in his first game back, seeing live action. D'Amico Ryan's wildly veteran. Not worried about him. He'll be ready to go when the season's uh, ready to kick off. So I like what the Eagles have at linebacker. Love their front seven. Again, tonight is hard to gauge as a unit how well they play because they're playing against a rookie uh, and, and Brett Hundley, who's uh, the third-string quarterback for Green Bay. You want to see the execution. Yeah. That's the biggest thing you want to see out of that. And the fact that they didn't lower their level of uh, you know, intensity to come down mm -hmm. to the competition now, is there anything since Alonzo, look, he's going into his third NFL season. He didn't play at all in 2014 because of a knee injury. Is there any value for him to get just a couple reps just to get the feel of what it's like once again? Or the fact that the Eagles practice so fast, their intense workouts that, you know, that should be enough to at least get them in the flow. Yeah, you mean in that fourth preseason game? Fourth preseason yeah, game. Yeah, I, ju I just don't see the uh, the rationale behind playing him in the fourth preseason game. He's too valuable to this team. Again, he's not going to be out there with starters. He's not going to be going against starters from the New York Jets. More than likely, they're going to have their backups out there. If it's conditioning that we're worried about, stamina that we're worried about, he's just going to have to do some extra running, you know, after practice, extra gashers. Uh, there's nothing like game shape to get you ready. But think about this. Even if he were to go out there for one or two series against the Jets next Thursday night, is that going to make him game ready for Monday night in Atlanta? No, it's not. The risk is not worth the reward in my mind. I think Kiko Alonso, because you have Michael Kendricks and D'Amico Ryans as well on your team, you can sort of ease Kiko Alonso back into the fold. Again, he doesn't have to be a three-down linebacker at the beginning of the season. When he does get his wind up and his stamina is where it needs to be, to where he's game ready, where he can play three downs, then it won't be a problem. But again, they have the luxury right now of having Michael Kendricks and D'Amico Ryans. And Jordan Hicks has seen a lot of game action as a rookie in these first three preseason games. He's going to play Thursday as well. So if you need it, there's enough depth there in the inside. You, you, you don't have to take unnecessary risk with Kiko Alonso. I just think he's just too valuable to this team to run him out there in the fourth preseason game. I agree with that sentiment. I wonder if D'Amico Ryan's is like, I thought I wasn't playing a thousand snaps again this season. That's the <laughs> one thing. It's like, look, it's fine at the beginning of the season yeah. as long as you get to curtail it back at some point. So got to work Alonzo in there. But D'Amico's like, I signed up for another thousand snaps again this season. Yeah. So and you shouldn't have to. No, you shouldn't have to. No, and that was the whole point of making the overhaul at the position, which was something that they really wanted to address. One of the top priorities after all the injuries ravaged the depth last season where you didn't have D'Amico Rines, you didn't have Michael Kendricks for four games there during the course of the season. That was a focal point to improve the middle of the defense because, look, you look at the Eagles offense when you have guys like Jordan Matthews come out of slot, Darren Sproles who can line up in the slot as well, you've got to be able to defend that middle of the field. You need to have that interior strength there. You know, what's the strongest point of defense? You've got to be strong up the middle. You've got Benny Logan at the nose. You got three outstanding inside linebackers now with Alonzo, Ryans, and Kendricks. And of course, Jordan Hicks is going to come into his own. And then the safety position. You have Malcolm Jenkins, the vet, and you have Walter Thurman, who has just simply been all around the football 
throughout the course of the preseason, returning the pick six tonight. And he already had solidified the starting spot opposite of, of Jenkins, but now it's almost like an exclamation point at this point. So the Eagles want to make sure that that middle of the defense is very stout and strong. And I think they've done enough to fortify that through the moves that they made this preseason and the offseason. Now it's just a matter of being able to see those guys on the field. So in a couple minutes, we're going to hear from the man who torched the Packers middle of the defense and pretty much every way which around it in Sam Bradford tonight. You know, I know we had hoped to see more of him. What do you think was the one thing that impressed you the most? I can be able to see this 10 for 10 performance tonight. Well, I think he did a great job of just picking up where he wanted to go with the football immediately and then getting the ball out of his hands to the right people. A lot of easy throws, not many tough throws. I like the throw he made to Jordan Matthews in the slot versus Micah Hyde where he put it up high where only Jordan Matthews, who basically is about an inch or two taller than Micah Hyde, could go up and get the football. That was a great throw. The nice little toss to Sproles, a uh, little touch pass. That was another great throw from him. I thought the throw to Sproles to pick up the key first down, Sproles coming across the middle. Another throw where Bradford hit Darren Sproles in stride, allowed him to run after the catch. And then I thought his most impressive throw was the touchdown to Trey Burton, where he had to stand in the pocket. He went through his first read, his second read, and he caught Trey Burton coming across the middle under duress, stood in there, took the hit, and still delivered a nice catchable ball. Uh, as you can see right here, to, uh, Trey Burton. Just, I think it's a tremendous job of a quarterback that's confident and not only his offensive line are protecting him, but he's not thinking about that knee. No. He's not thinking about his knee. He's going through his reads. That lets you know that that knee feels fully, fully healthy to him, and he has full confidence in it. I think that bodes well for his team as you move down the stretch. I was a little concerned as to how fast he would get reacclimated to game speed, and more importantly, how fast will he get over the fear of something else happening to that knee? And it certainly appears through the first two games, albeit in a short period of time, it doesn't seem like Sam Bradford is thinking about his knee at all out there playing. No, and that's probably the one benefit of the hits that he took last week against Baltimore, whereas if you look at the hits that he was able to take tonight, pretty much he was in the pocket. It was a muddied pocket at times, and that's a big thing for a quarterback. It's, it's one thing when you have the nice, clean pocket, you have the red jersey on. You don't have to worry about the you don't have to worry about the bodies flying around you. But now, speaking of Bradford, I think we're going to send it out to Lambeau Field and hear from the quarterback himself. Rhythm early, you know, and it was nice to, you know, come off the field, go back on, you know, keep that rhythm, you know, and just keep firing. You, you, I mean, you talked about how last week was a big step playing one series. How big a step, what, 16 days before the opener is this? Uh, you know, it was huge. You know, obviously, it was nice to get out there last week, you know, and play the one series. But, you know, t today to be out there, you know, for three series, have three touchdowns, you know, but to be able to come to the sideline, communicate, you know, with the offensive line, talk to Chip, you know, just about kind of where we're going and what we're thinking, I think that was big too. As a quarterback, when you look at what you want to accomplish and what you want to do getting better and coming back from all these injuries, is tonight a game you're going to look at and go, I think it'd be a little bit unrealistic to think that you're going to have that type of a game every time out. But, you know, like I said, it was just uh, it was good to see that, you know, 
the work we've put in during the week pay off tonight. You know, I thought that you know our guys up front did a great job, not only in pass protection but in run blocking as well. You know, it seemed like we were just firing on all cylinders tonight, and we got in the rhythm. You know, hopefully it's something that we can continue to do. Same you're getting different types of throws too. You stood in there against uh, a hit from Ha. I think he once got you and completed a pass to, to Burton. So you pump your fist. I mean, how, how yeah. do you feel to kind of be able to get up and first complete the throw, then be able to kind of get up and shake that off. Yeah, you know, like I said last week, it was nice to get in there, you know, take a few hits, you know, playing this position, you're going to have to be able to do that, especially, you know, fourth down, you know, on the two or three, uh, you know, most of the time they're going to come after you. They probably, you know, they're bringing one more than we can block and, you know, you just got to hang in there and make a throw. How ready do you think the offense is for opening day and for the season? Um, you know, we've still got two weeks of work, you know, before uh, we go out there and play Atlanta. But, you know, I think tonight was a big step. You know, I think we played well. Um, but we're just going to look to build off this. You, you hit scrolls twice, you know, on pretty big plays and everything. Like, what, what kind of dimension do you think he kind of brings to the offense? Oh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a great mismatch for us when we can find him, you know, on linebackers, you know, even safeties at times. You know, he's got a great feel for, you know, a lot of those choice routes, you know, especially inside, um, you know, like the one on down the sideline, the wheel. I mean, you know, we drew that up. For that coverage, you know, to get him matched up with the linebacker, you know, he ran a great route, and made a nice catch. Chip says, Chip says what he loves about you is the fact that you're able to look at this game and go, you know what, there's things I can do to get better. So when you get back to work, what are some of the things that you want to get better at from this game where you go, you know what, as good as this looked, I still need some. Yeah, you know, I mean, we'll have to look at the tape. You know, I'm sure I missed a few things tonight, but. Uh, you know, just continue to work, you know, timing and rhythm, you know, in the passing game. You know, I thought it was better than it was last week, but by no means is it perfect. Um, you know, like I said, we've got two weeks till we play Atlanta. We've got a lot of work to do. You know, I'm sure there's still some things that we're going to put in before we play, uh, you know, in that season opener. Uh, and just continue to work with the guys, you know, in that chemistry. Sam, Sam, all the backs can, can catch and run. Yeah. How, how much of the weapons thrown to the backs when it's a high percentage play and you get good yards after you know, yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, I think you talk to a lot of those defensive guys, it's really frustrating when they take away everything down the field and then we're able to throw a check down, you know, and Sproles or DeMarco or Ryan make someone miss, and then it's a 12, 15-yard pickup on a play that they had good coverage on. And the fact that all three of our bass can do that, you know, it's huge. You know, certain teams, you know, you know that, you know, if Sproles was coming in the game that it was going to be a pass play, but with our backs, you know, we can throw it to any of them. Hey, I remember all the talk last week about the Were you guys doing anything differently post handoff um, that you hadn't done before? Uh, no, it was still pretty similar to what we were doing last week. The first no replays today? Um, not with me, I don't believe. Two more guys. The first touchdown to Sproles, and it's such a nice touch pass and wheel route or whatever you guys call it. Um, you, you must be still amped up to be back playing football again. That's the first drive. I mean, do you feel that calm in this offense to be able to deliver that? delicate pass in that situation? Um, you know, it's one of those things we work on. You know, obviously, you know, we throw those with Sproles all the time. It's something that, you know, in the past couple of weeks, we've got, you know, several reps at that. And you know, obviously, he ran a great route tonight, and, you know, I was able to get it to him. What defense were they giving you? Were they zone or was it mostly man? Uh, it seemed like it was mostly man, you know, especially the first couple of series. And, you know, I think our wide receivers, the guys on the outside, you know, even the tight ends did a great job winning those one-on-one -on -one matchups. All right, guys. Thank you. Yep. All right, there's quarterback Sam Braffer leaving the podium. Again, a perfect 10 of 10, three touchdown passes in a quarter of work. Certainly, we've seen enough before the regular season opener on Monday, September 14th.
when the Eagles travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Now, all the additions that the Eagles made at the running back position this offseason, I think certainly will help in the passing game, and not the way that you would typically think, Ike, but the fact that Darren Sproles, who was the primary backup running back a year ago, can now be unleashed in the screen game, be lined up in the slot. You saw him in the touchdown where he was able to go on the wheel rat, and linebackers can't match up against him. And even if you bring the safety down, now you have two players who have to account for him. So I think that his presence in the pass game is going to certainly help the offense that much more. It's just a nice little security blanket for the quarterback to have. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said it from the time they signed DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews that I thought the Eagles had the best group of running backs in the National Football League. When you look at the depth that they have, all three of these guys, they can hurt you in multiple ways, catching the ball out of the backfield, hurt you in short yardage as a power runner with DeMarco Murray. And then Ryan Matthews, in my opinion, has had a great camp, and he looks like a game-breaker anytime he gets ready to touch the ball. So, you know, a, run, a quarterback's best friend at times can be a healthy running game. It certainly looks like the Eagles, through the first three preseason games, have all three of their main running backs clicking on all cylinders. Haven't got a ton of carries because they're trying to they're trying to get them ready for the regular season. But, you know, I think when the running game is going, that's what's going to carry this team. All right, so it's going to be time for your phone calls in just a little bit. You can call in at 215-320-5170, and we'll get to them and a whole lot more right after this break. and pay two bills a month with the online bill pay feature. Then you can get paid $20 a month. That's just the way it works. So what are you waiting for? Carbs to compete. Electrolytes to replenish. Everything you need to keep sweating. Have you ever dreamed of owning Eagles season tickets? Well, these two seats could be yours because Comcast Sportsnet and the Eagles are giving away a pair of tickets for the entire Eagles 2015 season. Every week this summer brings you closer to the dream with a new chance to win these seats. It's easy to enter. Just answer this week's poll question. Enter now at PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Philly, and these could be yours. I step to Philly. I step to Philly. The bus. The trolley. Regional rail. I step to Philly. The 17 to training. Broad Street Line. To my parkway. Market Frankfurt Line. All night. Love the Eagles? Play the new instant game from the Pennsylvania Lottery. Players must be 18 or older. Please play responsibly. Welcome back to the postgame show presented by Rico, Chris McPherson, alongside Ike Reese. Let's welcome in Carl from D.C. to the postgame show. Carl, how much did you enjoy the win? Oh, I loved every bit of it. Um, one thing I liked, and I, and I noticed, granted I'm no expert, but the one thing to me it looked like is Bradford was, was not only reading his progressions, but he has a faster release than Foles did. And I like no the way the ball got out. It, it hit people in stride. 
And I also love the way our defense played in the first half. Um, with Kendrick's back, I was thrilled we, we extended him. Uh, I didn't believe all the stuff with the media that Kendrick's was going to go. Uh, I just love what I've seen the first three games. I can't wait till the till the uh, season, especially with my two daughter-in-laws being Cowboys fans. <laughs> Thank you very much for the phone call, Carl. And, yes, this preseason has been a very nice appetizer for Eagles fans. I can't recall when the last time that I was excited, this excited for the regular season to get underway. You know, you can go back to – I don't want to go all the way back to 2004 because there have been a lot of years where the Eagles, you knew – that they were going to be one of the prominent teams to keep an eye on. But it's it just there were so many questions going into this training camp, this preseason, and everything has been positive to this point. There have been no setbacks to teams whatsoever, yeah. Ike. I, I think what we're, what we're starting to realize is that a lot, of, a lot of the fears have been erased through these first three preseason games. When you had a type of turnover that this team had this offseason, it makes for a very concerned – an anxious fan base, and that's what you heard all offseason. Uh, a lot of us were anxious to see what this team was going to look like. How long would it take for them to gel together? When would they be clicking on all cylinders? And uh, I got to tell you, they, they far exceeded my expectations as to how fast they've been able to come together and look like a unit. Again, it's the preseason. I don't want to overreact to it, but – it looks good. But what, you can. What you say about it? Why it looks not? good. This looks is good. a time to be excited about. This is a yes. time to be optimistic. So one of the plays that is Eagles fans optimistic was a touchdown that Bradford threw to Trey Burton. It was a fourth down right by the goal line, deep in the red zone. You knew they had to get the six points or they were going to have to turn the ball over. Well, Bradford stood in the teeth of the pass rush and was able to deliver the ball over the mill to the tight end Trey Burton for the first of his two touchdowns on the day. Let's bring in Greg Cosell from NFL Films to analyze the all-22 of the touchdown. This was the Eagles' second touchdown, a beautiful combination of design and tremendous execution by Sam Bradford. Now, this play starts with Nelson Aguilar right here going in motion. He actually works behind Sam Bradford, and this stretches the defense horizontally. Let's clear the screen and see that first, because that's important here. This is part of the Chip Kelly offense, horizontal motion. Now, as we start this play, freeze it right here. What Bradford wants is the throw in the flat here to Ryan Matthews. There's Ryan Matthews. This is what Bradford wants initially, but the pressure right here, an unblocked defender, takes this away. So Bradford is unable to make the throw into the flat to Ryan Matthews. Now, if we keep it right here, what you're going to see is a really interesting mesh concept. And what we mean by that is you're going to have crossing routes coming from both sides, which really causes problems for man-to-man -man defense. Now, what you have here is you have Selleck right here, you have Riley Cooper right here, and you have Burton right here. Now, Burton, the last person I just hit, he's going to catch the ball. But what you have to keep in mind here is Bradford is under tremendous duress, so his ability to react to the pressure and pick out Burton on the throw is really remarkable. Let's clear the screen, let this run. So that's what I mean when I talk about a tremendous combination of design with the mesh concept creating Burton getting open, but Bradford beating the pressure with tremendous execution. You know we're getting closer to the start of the regular season when Greg Cosell is stepping up his fashion game. 
<laughs> no question about it. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's welcome in Ralph from Las Vegas. Ralph, welcome to the postgame show presented by Rico. Hey, fellas. Nice game again today. Um, saw a lot of good things. Uh, Ike, I agree with you. I think that we got a lot of depth at some key positions. Um, I, I have no reason why they, you know, I think they're going to finish strong because of that depth. And I could see, you know, I don't need Kiko to come in if uh, and play uh, every down um, right away, you know, as long as they're winning games. And if I see early leads, like three-score leads or 20-point-plus leads, even early in games, I see Sanchez being able to, you know, hold the lead for them. And, um, uh, you know, I'm more concerned with Sanchez playing straight up and putting the game in his hands. But playing with a big lead, I think, you know, Bradford's going to get a – I think a lot of players are going to get a lot of rest because of their depth and they're going to finish very strong. Well, I think that's a great point, Ralph, about the depth. Now, I don't quite agree with exactly how they're going to get in the games. Just because they're up early, say, yeah. like, tonight it was 25 nothing, doesn't mean, all right, it's time to bring in Sanchez and no. you know, give Bradford a rest of the night <laughs> off because you see how quickly these teams can score in the NFL. But at the same time, I think Chip Kelly wanted to build as deep a roster as possible, and I think that's why they've dominated so far in the preseason, going against Indianapolis, going against Baltimore, you see it tonight with Green Bay, three elite teams, three teams capable of possibly contending to win their respective conference championships and go on to the Super Bowl. Well, you look here, all of a sudden the Eagles have just as much depth, if not more, than some of those other teams. Yeah, they really do. I mean, it's, it's really about experience at some of the skill position players for the Eagles, and it's about building something towards December. You know, of course you want to get off to a fast start, you know, bank, in, bank as many wins as you can at the beginning of the season. But this thing is about playing your best football in December and January, you know, and, and that's the way we did it years ago when you build up and you play at your best late in the season. It's great that the Eagles are doing well right now, but this thing is a marathon. It is not a sprint, and you want to start fast, and you certainly want to finish fast, but it's most important that the Eagles are playing well late in the season. Well, you go back to 2003 when you guys went to the NFC Championship game. You guys struggled out of the gate going 0-2. Yeah. Now you look at last year, the Eagles were 9-3, and but weren't able to get the job done, yeah. losing three of their final four games. So we're going to have some more of Great Coast Sales All-22 analysis as well as your phone calls. Again, the number is 215-320-5170. We'll get to all that and more coming up here on the Post Game Show. Brooke Montgomery. I never go anywhere without my Baba Pedic. John Hill. No Baba Pedic. Hi, my name is Jim Taylor. I've been with Acme for 34 years. Our Lancaster brand beef is the best around. We cut our meat fresh every day. We actually have customers come from other stores just for our meat. Freshness is our number one priority. No one beats our fresh fish. We have the freshest apples, the crispies lettuce. Fresh produce is what we do. We do the best cake decorating in the area, hands down. 123 years strong. Come on in, you'll see the changes, you'll feel it, you'll love it. Section 512, row 6, seats 7 through 10. Those are our seats. At this one time we can't be there, please treat them right. Get there early, stay late, and yell a whole lot. Dress warm, gloves, hats. 
Warm boots. Eric sits in the middle. Uncle Paul sits on the aisle. And if you want to sit in my seat, make sure you get your ticket from the only place the fan can trust. Buy and sell 100% verified authentic tickets with other true fans. Only on NFL Ticket Exchange. Tickets from one fan to another. With Xfinity, stream your recordings anywhere or download them to your smartphone or tablet to watch when you're offline. Oh, man, that would be nice. Let's take it on the train. Awesome. Or on a plane. This will work in a plane. You can even watch on the moon. <laughs> Call or click today. Enter at PhiladelphiaEagles.com for a chance to win a pair of tickets in the Amorosa Suite when the Eagles take on the Buffalo Bills. The Roll Into the Sweet Sweepstakes presented by Amorosos. Welcome back to the postgame show presented by Rico, Chris McPherson alongside Ike Reese. Now, one of the position battles that's coming into focus here is the depth, and we've been talking about depth already, the depth at wide receiver. Yeah. So you obviously look at some of the players who are locked in here, but let's get down to the nitty-gritty, those you know, five, the fifth, sixth, seventh spots there on the roster. You don't quite know how many will make the final 53-man roster, but some tough decisions here when you have guys like rookie Rasheed Bailey, who's doing very well, and then you have veterans like Miles Austin and Jeff Mail pushing yeah. them to make spots on the team. I mean, I happen to believe, Chris, that there are six spots that are already spoken for at the receiver position. Aguilar, uh, you see Azir Tutu, who's brought in here for a special teams. Miles Austin and Riley Cooper bring the veteran presence. They're bigger wide receivers. They're going to be able to block on the, on the perimeter. And then, obviously, you got Josh Huff who's going to make it. But the young guys that I like, Rasheed Bailey and Jeff Mayo. Jeff Mayo has found a way to uh, come into his third training camp and make plays whenever the ball is thrown to him. The other thing you got to like about Jeff Mayo is that he plays special teams. He's out there. He doesn't. He's not afraid to stick his head in there on kickoff, go down and make a tackle. So, you know, when you look at those younger guys that could be possibly kept around to continue to develop, at the top of my list, I would go with uh, Rasheed Bailey and Jeff Mayo as the young guys that you would think about keeping around here for practice squad purposes so that they can continue to develop as receivers. Jeff Mayo went, wait, Ike, six spots locked in? Not so fast. He had a touchdown reception from Mark Sanchez tonight. Let's bring back Greg Cosell to break down the all 22 of the touchdown from Sanchez to Mayo. Sam Bradford, as we've seen, had an excellent game against the Packers. Very, very efficient. Completed all of his passes. Mark Sanchez also had a very good night. And I want to show you Sanchez's first touchdown pass. And it's really a principle that the Eagles use very effectively with shallow crossing routes in the red zone. And actually, you'll see right here, this will be Jeff Mayo inside. It's a three-receiver set to the left, what we call a three-by-one set. Three receivers to one side of the formation. Mail is the inside slot receiver here, and he's being played actually man-to-man -man by this corner. Now, what happens very often when you see shallow crossing routes is the man-to-man -man defender will pass him off to the inside linebacker right here, and that's what happens here. The problem is the inside linebacker does not play with great awareness, and Mail ends up breaking free. So let's clear the screen and let this run a little bit. There you go. Freeze it right about here. And you can see on the edge of your screen to the right that there's Mail, and the linebacker right there does not do a good job of really accounting for Jeff Mail, so he's open on the shallow cross, and Sanchez hits him for an easy touchdown as we let this run. This is actually not a difficult throw. It's a well-executed play. And just like Sam Bradford, 
Mark Sanchez was very, very effective in the red zone as the Eagles dominated. Thanks, Greg. Good to see the mail get delivered on the weekend still. Oh so have to work the bad pun in there. Come on now. We've <laughs> well, reached that well, point well. of the show. Uh, Ike, what did you think of Tim Tebow coming on the two-point conversions? We haven't really delved into that tonight. I thought we were going to stay strictly positive tonight, man. <laughs> I mean, the two-point conversions, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going to defer to Chip here. Chip said that he got some stuff on tape. It's, you know, they'll look at the film and see where the miscommunications or the breakdowns were on both of those plays. I thought the running play had a chance to get in there because Tim Tebow's a big guy. And don't be surprised if that's not a setup play for a play that they ran in Florida that Tim Tebow was famous for running, calling the jump pass when you throw the ball to the tight end. So the second two-point conversion I thought was sort of screwed up from the beginning. It was just too many people in his throwing lanes, didn't really have a chance. But I like the fact that Chip, he hadn't gone for two points this far well, so far in the preseason use Tebow in that role yeah. from the start everyone said they brought Tim Tebow to be the two-point specialists and I like seeing it yeah it didn't work right. let's go back to the phone lines now let's welcome Paul from Virginia to the postgame show presented by Rico Paul what do you think of the win uh, I thought the win was very exciting it was nice to see uh, Sam Bradford's accuracy um, I think he did pretty good uh, last week but uh, today you really he really put his accuracy on display um, I thought the defense is really good. I thought the coverage was really good. Um, but on a, on a on a another note, I would like to see personally a better pass rush. Um, I think our run our run defense was excellent today. Um, it was a lot better than it was yesterday. I mean, last week we really struggled last week with the first team. Um, but our our pass rush. They, uh, the quarterback is having way too much time back there. And with man coverage, it's just a matter of time before somebody starts to get open. Paul, great point, and I think that's something that the Eagles have to figure out now. Bill Davis, very creative defensive mastermind, can come up with all kinds of blitz schemes. You're not going to see it in the preseason. You want to see basic execution. But still, that third outside linebacker spot is one of the ones that we've been wanting to see. And that's, I think, a question that the Eagles still have to figure out these next couple weeks. Maybe Marcus Smith is healthy. He could be in that role. You have Brad Jones. But Vinny Curry is the guy who I think that could have an expanded role, you know, being able to rush from that edge spot there. Yeah, nice observation from Paul. If there's one thing I could nit, nitpick at uh, that you would like to see them improve upon, and that's putting pressure on the quarterback. He's right. He had a rookie quarterback back there that seemed to have a lot of time to throw the ball in the, in the preseason game. Billy Davis is not going to show his hand by bringing a bunch of blitzes that he would use in a regular season. But I would have liked to have seen some of our pass rushers get after that uh, offensive line, that young quarterback early in that first half. So like I said, if there's anything you want to nitpick at and find something to work on this week, there you go right there. Why do you got to be so negative? All well, no, time. no, listen, something. coaches, believe me, coaches, yes. they look for small things to have for teaching points. They never want the players to get too full of themselves. They want them to remain hungry. This will be something they'll work on. You have a natural coach, the way you nitpick everything. No, nah, man, they work too hard. Coaches <laughs> work too hard, man. I like doing this. <laughs> so that's going to do it for the post-game show presented by Rico. Make sure to come to PhiladelphiaEagles.com early on Sunday as we will have the complete all 22 review from NFL Film senior producer Greg Cosell. More than the pieces that you saw here in the show tonight. And then Monday, when the Eagles get back to work, we'll have head coach Chip Kelly's press conference late in the morning. And we'll be back to recap the day's news and notes on Inside Training Camp presented by Xfinity at 5 p.m. 
For Ike Reese, I'm Chris McPherson. Everyone, thanks for joining us here on the post-game show presented by Rico. Everyone, have a great Eagles night.